1: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salisabell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we have a special guest in Dr. Gary Locklear. He's with the Concordia University, Wisconsin. He's a professor and chair of computer science, director of their MSIT program and he's also on the board of directors with the Creation Research Society, which is something I didn't know and was fascinated to hear. Welcome, Dr. Locklear.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: By the time this airs, you will have spoken at the San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference at Faith Lutheran Church, the 2019 version of that, and your topic, as I've read it from the poster, is today's educational world. Well, actually, this is the topic for the conference. Is today's educational world Is it safe for a Christian student Your topic was Science distinguishing a classical And biblical education From an evolutionary education What made you choose that topic
2: Oh that's a great question Scott before I answer that I just want to give a shout out To you and Carl and and Jerry And everybody there At the San Antonio BDSA For the work that you're doing I really believe that the local creation organizations are the lifeblood of the creation movement. You really get the information out to the people who need it most. So I appreciate the service that you, the directors, and everybody involved in the San Antonio Bible Science Association are doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you, and I, and I want to give you credit for actually saying that all correctly. It usually takes practice to say, Sam, go ahead.
2: To Thompson because he knew my interest in apologetics and wanted to know if I would be willing to speak. And as I was, he was actually the person that suggested this topic. But it is interesting to me also. I happen to teach a college level course at Concordia University in cosmogony. Cosmogony is a fancy word that means the science of origins. So I do actually besides researching and investigating and speaking, I do actually teach on creation and evolution. So it seems to me that uh, trying to figure out how, what are the differences between a Bible-based creationary approach to education and an evolutionary approach to education, I, I think makes a lot of sense. And beyond that, uh, there are a number of I was presenting at the conference, folks that uh, got that and are able to take some of these ideas away.
1: Alright. Well, what is the difference between a biblical and an evolutionary education?
2: A biblical education is one that really starts with the source material. As a scientist, I'm a big believer in taking a look at primary sources. And when it comes to any kind of truth, any kind of real education, that has to start with the biblical text. And just like your organization, I believe that we believe the Bible from the very first verse. So one of the foundational hallmarks of a biblical-based education would be believing, accepting, verifying the source material we read in the Bible. Now, there's a couple of things I need to say about that, and One comment that I make a lot, I'm sure the folks in the conference are tired of hearing this, is I believe that creation is a reasonable position and a reasonable explanation for origins. Although, of course, we're bombarded with evolutionary content all the time. When you take a look at the fundamentals of both creation and evolution, you can appreciate that creation is actually a very reasonable explanation for origins. Now, the second thing I'm going to say I think might be a little, yeah you know, I don't want to say controversial, but a lot of people haven't thought about this. I really believe that a biblical-based education is one that is not one-sided indoctrination, brainwashing, or just saying something and leaving it that For example, I've run across a number of folks who grew up in a Christian home, maybe once you're a Christian school, and what they knew about origins was basically, yeah, God created everything, but they didn't really investigate it. Unfortunately, when they left what I would consider a safe environment and then went out into the world, uh, into the workplace or maybe on to higher education in a secular environment, they were suddenly confronted with the idea of evolution and it wasn't presented as a fairy tale. It was presented with lots of background information by people with lots of letters after their name, and suddenly they were confused. They said, hey, I I, I thought that, you know, nobody really accepted evolution. Evolution is just a fairy tale, and now I hear people talking about it as if it's uh, a real thing. So I firmly believe that a safe educational environment doesn't just talk about one side of origins, but also presents both sides, both creation and evolution. I don't think people should worry about that because if we speak the truth in love, the truth can stand. When truth and falsehood grapple, truth will prevail. So, a safe educational environment is one that is based upon the Bible, but then also recognizes that there are other ideas out there and we need to understand them so we.
1: Now, we get a pushback from pastors and from other people within the Christian community saying, well, wait a minute, this becomes controversial. This kind of stuff of evolution versus creation divides people, and it's not the gospel itself. Therefore, we just don't need to even get into this topic. What is your response to that?
2: My response is this. I shouldn't be flipping about it. Every once in a while I ask somebody who says we don't want to talk about creation because it's controversial, I'll ask them, have you shared the person of Christ with anyone else? If you think creation is controversial, (laughs) I think the person of Jesus Christ is much more controversial. So, let's not be flipping about it. I really shouldn't do that, but I would like to begin by saying, you know, I agree this is a controversial idea. On the other hand, it's an extremely important idea. It is a foundational idea to Christianity. I don't believe it's an accident that the very first book of the biblical text is Genesis, the book of Origins. And I don't believe that it was an accident or coincidence that Moses, recording via the Spirit, started with the whole idea of creation. Creation is a foundational idea to all biblical doctrine. So, if we're not willing to stand for Genesis 1 1 and for creation, then suddenly we're asking people to sort of pick and choose whatever biblical doctrines you like or you don't think are controversial. So, I guess I would agree it is controversial, uh, but so is Christianity. And it's important that we understand it so that we can respond to the questions that
1: we get. Understood. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Today we're talking with Dr. Gary Locklear from Concordia University, Wisconsin. On the topic of a biblical education versus an evolutionary education, when I deal with people with that same topic that we were just discussing about whether or not this is central to the gospel or whether we should be getting into this controversy, I ask a couple of questions. One of them is, well, if you think that say the first three chapters or eleven chapters of Genesis or whatever are allegory or or not worth studying, one, why did God put them in there, which is really your point. Why did he start with that? And second, if the first 11 chapters are not the actual truth, when does the truth start? Does it start in the Gospels? There are people who would do away with the miracles of Christ. And so you're really attacking the authority of Scripture when you start asking these questions and trying to throw out segments of Scripture. Plus, of course, if you're trying to compromise with long ages and evolution, you start saying, well... There was sin and death before Adam, therefore, what did Christ even come for? You start to do violence to the gospel.
2: (laughs) I've had a couple of people ask me that same, you know, just say, well, Genesis 1, that's just that. And so I've asked them point blank, well, what sections of the Bible did God name? when He said? Many people give me sort of a blank look, so I'll prompt them and I'll say, well, what about. Do you think God really meant the Ten Commandments? And they said, oh, sure. The <laughs> Ten Commandments, that that's God's Word. And then, as you and I and many other people know, then i am just take Ex- Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember right the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, many people know that part, but they don't go on to read the end. Why did we work six days and rest the seventh day? And God says in Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days God created
1: Yeah. Now, we are incidentally taping before you present, and of course it'll be on the air afterwards, crowds that we are promoting this Worldview Conference and your topic to is the homeschool community. We build this as something that is really of value to them because too often people look at This whole topic of people encountering an evolutionary and not a biblical education as just a college phenomenon, it's not. They're doing it all through secondary school, and in fact, current data shows that we are not losing them in college. We are losing a lot of our Christian kids in middle school.
2: Yes. Why? Yes, I appreciate reaching out to the homeschool community. My wife and I homeschooled our five children. We actually homeschooled from beginning through high school. And interestingly, they all did okay in college. They all have at least an undergraduate degree now. But the homeschool community, which I love, again, I want to encourage those folks to not only understand the creation model, but also understand the evolution model. Because questions will come up. Our kids don't exist in the vacuum, they interact with other people. So when questions come up, they need to be equipped to respond to those questions. And as a matter of fact, my youngest daughter, Valerie, recently wrote a book, it's called Call to Defend, subtitled An Apologetics Handbook for Middle School Students, mm-hmm. where she was really reaching out to just that age group to give them some tools to help them answer questions, and be further more when they can up these
1: questions, too. Dr. Locklear, we thank you for your time. We also thank you for this presentation and your commitment to showing people the first way, the first book of understanding, and your commitment to the Bible.
2: Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate sharing with you and your audience
1: today. Thank you, sir. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to WhyShouldYouBelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. ABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. Dr. Carl Williams and Ed Salisdell. Thanks for listening and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.